Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. Welcome to session two of our excellence series. Tonight's session two session is on communication. Did everyone get a handout? So I was given the topic of communication, um, and that's pretty much it. So it's all me, <laughs> what I uh, you know, believe I would like to teach you about. Um, excellent communication is probably different than communication, so that'll help us define what we're going to be learning about. Basically, come on in, everybody. Um, I believe that communication is a behavior, and a behavior can be taught like a skill. Just like we learn to tie a shoe, remember learning that one over the other and then make a loop and do it like that. We can learn behaviors that way, kind of like this is how we communicate. And I'm gonna use a couple what we call skill cards to break down a couple tricky ways that we have to communicate to hopefully make it a little easier. Um, but basically, uh, Colossians 4.6 says, Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer every man. And it takes a lot of wisdom to have just enough grace and to have just enough salt. <laughs> right? Um, because we want to be genuine and honest when we communicate with other people. We sometimes want to say the things that we know they want them to hear, but that might not be the best for them. And sometimes we're just so aggravated and our feelings are out of control, we want to say things that actually hurt them or get them to change what they're doing. And there's a lot of power in what comes out of our mouth. Also, literally, the nonverbal is huge. Our body language is very important. Our facial expressions. Do you know that um, anybody, if you ever take any courses on behavior, you'll read about an old study that was done and I actually in one of my courses had to reenact it and I used my daughter and one of my grandchildren and the way I set it up was uh, it was Kelly she was playing with Millie and they were just kind of sitting on the floor playing with some toys and you know Kelly was interacting and then at a certain signal I, I can't remember what we did Kelly just lowered her hands and just looked down at the ground so, and, you know, I knew what it scientifically was supposed to do, so I'm videotaping it. And just like, like the original, she became distressed and was like, eh, 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 and was upset by that lack of facial expression, what we call affect, that lack of connection. And then Kelly would start playing with her again, and she would go back into it, and we'd do it again. And that's, like, pretty huge when nowadays so many of us are stressed, wounded, burnout, angry or sad, that, that makes our affect quite what we call flat in clinical. So if you go up to someone and they're really flat, you're probably less likely to engage with them. And as a church, we're gonna have some flat affect in here, aren't we, coming off, coming off the street, you know? So we may think, oh, they don't wanna talk to me. They don't want anyone to talk to them, but is that really true? <laughs> probably not. And now I'm gonna get a very dry mouth too. Okay, so be, being aware of, of your body language, and it's not being phony and super smiley, but recognizing, and I'm gonna do a couple demos here, they don't even know it yet with these ladies in a minute. So teaching respectful vocabulary, alternatives for heated conversations, remember that being too cold or passive or being too hot and blowing up often makes matters worse. Sometimes, you know, you can do that. You don't always have to be screaming and yelling. You can just talk really lower and slower. Have you ever, did you have your parents do that or a grandparent that you knew it was getting serious when they just slowed down and like enunciated? I'm telling you, you know, so just being aware of that. And strong connections are made when you don't always need to be right anyway. I think that's huge. I, I, we're all passionate about certain things and we're all, you know, know what we know and know what we know. 
But in communicating with other people, you know, the goal is to increase that connection. And sometimes you may have to sit and hear something and just be like, wow, okay. And, you know, not automatically be thinking about what you're going to say. And usually there's time later on if you continue to have a connection with that person for naturally something to come up, you know, as far as like, remember how you were telling me that you believed in the alien things that one day? You know, <laughs> you might be able to bring that up later. Um, just an example for outreach and ministry and stuff like that. Plus, if have got some jail ministers in here. And, you know, oftentimes you guys know and ladies know that we go there to communicate with people and to make connections with them. And a lot of times their, their enjoyment is to literally, what, just like argue with us. You know, just literally, that's what it's for. So if we kind of go in arguing immediately, like nothing else happens. And they had a great time. <laughs> so if it's just like, yep, that's, you know, we're, that's not what we're talking about today, kind of moving on. And your body language can stay open and everything. They probably, you know, if you're, especially people that have been incarcerated and people that are really in survival mode, which is the majority of our, uh, you know, area right now, they're going to come in and they're going to know our body language as soon as they see it. You know, they're going to know we're looking down, you know, we always talk about the phone. I'm not, not going to try to beat up on cell phones that much tonight because we, we do enough of that and I love my cell phone. So, but you know, if we're constantly just always rushing around and doing what we're doing and stuff, the body language would be like, I don't want to bother them. Um, even how we sit, even how if someone comes in, maybe you're not, you know, the, you're kind of shy or whatever and you don't like to go up to talk to people a lot. But if you're standing this way and someone's walking by that you don't know, just even turning towards them, you may make an eye contact and, you know, high or something. So the body language of just turning to them is important. Um, I, at my office recently, I just, I, we moved to a new office and I just moved in, so I didn't really pay attention to how it was set up. Um, when you're a counselor, you have to set up, you have, I mean, it's like you literally are trained that, you know, there's not a desk in between you and the client ever. And there's kind of facing each other, but not too close, right? Not too far away. And even my body language has a way that I'm not, you know, sitting like this or, you know, like this. So always aware of how I'm sitting. But my desk, which I just use for like administrative and case notes and stuff, it was in a way that like when you came down my hallway, you would, I would be sitting at my desk and my back would be right there. Well, I have some staff members that are awesome, and they often have to come down that hallway to talk to me. And I would just spin around, you know what I mean? But finally one of them was like, I, have, I just need to let you know that for some reason, every time I come down the hallway and your back's there, I think I'm bugging you. you know, and I mean, I'm just at the desk. So I just turned it a little bit so that when they walk in, I can look up at them and it's, you know, might have been better the other way, <laughs> but no, it's okay. But really, you know, I, I'm glad that they were able to, it's just more open now. So how you stand, facial expression, your eyes tell a story, create a first impression. It doesn't matter how powerful your words are. If you don't appear friendly, confident, people will assume you aren't. You aren't. Um, become aware of your body language make, and begin to make changes. Gene, oftentimes he'll, tell me, he'll be telling me a story about something at work or whatever or in the jail or whatever, and he'll say, and they started saying this, and I said to myself, what's my face doing right now? What's my face doing right now? And so he's trying to kind of like hold his shock and be aware, like, what am I doing? What am I doing? I always think that's funny. And just watch that defensiveness. If you're cold... You know, because sometimes people are just cold, so they're sitting down, arms crossed, then like wear a sweater or something, you know, because you just have to make uh, changes to be more open and looking at people. Um, make sure I'm following your thing. So active listening is also a skill that can be taught just like a behavior. How do I actively listen? I love these skill cards. They're from a training we do called T for C. Alex, you, probably, you guys might have heard it. It's called Thinking for Change. Um, and a lot of it I like, but I love these skill cards. And these are for adults, by the way, so I'm not, talk, not trying to teach you like children. 
literally the listening card is in red there. This is the skill. How do I listen? And they're numbered, they're not numbered right. Sorry, one shouldn't be listening skill. But one, you look at the person who is talking. You remember to sit or stand quietly. You think about what they're saying. You say yes or nod your head because if, sometimes I can be talking and, are you ever talking and someone's like, are you listening? You, they don't know, they can't tell by your face that you're listening. So just, mm -hmm. and, and there's that kind of that counselor nod, mm-hmm, go on, go on. Okay, tell me more about that. Um, and then ask a question about the topic to find out more. When you're actively listening, you're not going to say what you want to say at the end. You're going to actually ask more about that. Like, and kind of open-ended, I think I have that in here. Open-ended questioning, the good one is, it's not like, you know, What's your favorite color? Tell me more about the colors that you like, or even just tell me more. That's very open-ended. Tell me more, more. I, I, and it usually works with me. I've never had a client complain. They'll start telling me something, and I'll just be like, more about that, more about that. And, and it just, you know what I mean? It kind of just, they just keep going a lot of times. Um, when they may have stopped, if I went, oh, I see, that, that was interesting. I'm, you know, it sounds like you were really upset that day. I, you know, who cares what I think you sounded like. It's better to talk. Pastor Bound says the person at the end of a conversation that talked the most feels like the conversation went the best. I try to remember that because I love to talk. You know that. Some of you better than others. But honestly, I think the reason I love to talk when I'm amongst friends and church family and family is because in my work, I, it is my job to not talk. It's, it's my job to talk as little as possible when I'm with the client. So I kind of hold it all in, you know. So we're gonna do a little exercise, a little demonstration about active listening and directions. And I'm gonna invite um, Elder Tom Mielik and my husband to come up for this. And you can turn your little notes to the picture on top. I'm moving everything. Okay, what am I supposed to do? Gene will be the doer, and um, Brother Mielik, you're going to be the teller. I get to be the doer. You're the, you're the doer and the teller. So we're going to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Who in here has made a peanut butter and jelly sandwich before? Yeah. Who's made one in the past three years? Really? Gosh, carbs, people, carbs. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I love. I mean, I would. I went to the dollar store. I haven't bought bread in years. Okay. So, all right. So, Brother Tom, I would just like you to instruct Brother Gene, walk him through making a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Well. He doesn't know how to do that. <laughs> do you want to tell? Do you want to tell him? Yeah. <laughs> you want to tell them? Okay. Well, I'll tell you what. The ingredients is bread, preferably whole wheat. Wheat's my favorite. And, of course, the other ingredient would be peanut butter. <laughs> okay. And so you're going to need a utensil when it's called a knife. Mm. Okay. Right. What does he need to do first? What? What does he need to do first? Well, uh, you better round up the ingredients. Okay, we got one. Okay, here. we yeah. got. Oh, you got them. Oh, yeah. I didn't even see that. That's okay. <laughs> we got them. Okay, what's next? Well, you uh, proceed you, to, you to unwrap to the bread. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yep. You unwrap the bread. Okay. Why am I unwrapping? Gina, the bread? wait, Gene. You don't talk at all. Just I don't do talk it. at all. Nope. Just do it. <laughs> do it. Remember, we we discussed okay. this. No, 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 no. Well, I guess you need a little more instruction. Don't do anything with the peanut butter yet, okay? Well, uh, we'll walk you through this. I suggest you leave those on the floor. All right, if you take a piece of bread, put it on that plate. Please. Gently. You're going to eat that. And if it's shredded, it's going to be more difficult to spread it. That is the peanut butter. 
You know which one the peanut butter is? That's one of the red lid. Okay. Oh. Okay. So proceed to. I may give you a little instruction here. Uh, some of this might require a little more gentleness. Move a little slower. Okay. All right. We got a problem with this guy. You know that? I've never made one. So. Okay. All right. Well, have you ever opened a jar before? Okay. Open the jar. Not exactly the way people do open jars. <laughs> Fortunately, open jars. <laughs> is this leading somewhere? Yep, keep going. I just want to lead outside. Okay. How do I open it? Well, sorry. Okay. You better take uh, that pretty sweater off. Uh, maybe. I, yeah, I better. Uh, well, I'm the doer. Turn yeah. that uh, gra uh, grass for the jar with the right hand and with your left hand turn the lid counterclockwise and keep your fingers out of it when you open it. Very good. All right. Now what you do, you bite that little tiny thing there. That's what I do. <laughs> if my teeth fall off. <laughs> we didn't practice that part. We should have taken that That's the way Sarah does it. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Give me to help you. Pretend like it's okay. <laughs> All right. And you can discard that if there's a trash can. Otherwise, <laughs> okay. And lay it on the table there. Just, I don't believe just lay it on the any. table. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're gonna put it in that drawer back there. <laughs> Okay, this is a challenge to communicating skills, I can tell you. Okay, and you may open the same, the jar, the jelly jar, be a little more gentle and uh, just do it in the same manner that you did that, only show it some respect or you're going to be getting it all over your shirt. Did you break it? Okay. No, I got plastic on purpose. It? Okay, now you'll <laughs> set that down there beside the peanut butter. And uh, at this point, you'll pick up the knife in your right hand. Are you right-handed? General, be careful. <laughs> All right, and you dip it in the peanut butter jar. Okay, have you ever seen this done before? I've never made a peanut butter sandwich, jelly sandwich before. Well, that, that would work, but it's better to, in the future, use, put it in the other end. You can, you can just go with that right now. We'll just do it that you way. You said go with that right now. Okay. I didn't tell you to get a towel. That's, yeah, that's right. Okay. If you get it on you, it's you going to be... <laughs> get it on All right. All right. Now, unless you be careful when you spread that or you will uh, tear the bread to pieces. Can you spread it? Just gently uh, run it across there. Let me tell you to pick up the plate. Okay. Suggest uh, that you. Uh, I'm just going to see if he would hold that plate with the other hand there. All right, and you might put some more on it. Spread it like. Put some more on it. Yeah. Okay. Now you need a towel. You might got a bit of an excess on that. <laughs> okay. All right. I've never made a peanut butter and jelly sandwich before. All right. I need yeah. help. Okay. Now you know why they moved it out of the sanctuary. Yes. Okay. Well, you've got. Okay. Need a little refinement on this. You certainly have an excess of peanut butter. You don't require that much. So in the future... So do I need to get some off there? Uh, well, uh, I'm afraid to say that because I don't know how you're going to do it. Tell them how to do it. If you can uh, take the knife again and carefully scrape off uh, some of the excess, hold, you're going to have to hold it in place, and that means hold the bread so that okay. it doesn't slide off. Okay. 
Gently. You said that's gently. That's good. Good job. Yeah, that's it. Now you just lick that off the knife. <laughs> no, no. On second thought, you uh, just put it over the top. No, just get a paper towel. And <laughs> move it. That's not it. All right. Okay. Well, you've got this looking okay. pretty. Look, you've got this looking acceptable. Okay. Good idea. To wipe that. And proceed to do this basically the same thing, only in a little more careful manner, shall we say? Put a little bit of jelly on there. Using that's right. Use that end this time to dip in the jar. And where am I going to put it? I'm sorry, I got to, I'm should have, I should have. You shouldn't have said nothing. <laughs> I'm the doer. We were doing good till you opened your mouth. There okay. you go. So anyway, get some of that jelly on there and not a lot, doesn't take a lot. Okay, well, you can do it that way, but it's going to take quite a few times. Okay, put that on there. Now, do it this time, use a little bit more just so it stays on the, on the knife. Don't get more on there than... That's pretty decent right there. Now you just set the jar down and proceed to spread it like you did the peanut butter. <laughs> okay, that's a good job. <laughs> you gave up. Very good. Okay. Now, I would tell you to lick the knife, and I'm not going to tell you that. But you cut your tongue off, probably. All right, and if you wipe the knife off, aim your hands. I think uh, that about concludes this demonstration. Am I okay, right? okay, thank you. Thank you. All right, so who was who cringed when he wanted to put the jelly right on the peanut butter? You're right, he doesn't want to make a peanut butter sandwich. Is this a peanut butter and jelly sandwich? If I fold it in half, it's a half of one, right? Yeah. yeah, it is one. It might not be exactly how we see it being done. But did you notice I love that um, your instructions were, some of them were explicit and some were implied, like be gentler, be gentler. A lot of times people don't know what that means, you know, and so like clear directions, you know, are important. And obviously that's an exaggerated experience but at the same time sometimes people don't want you to know that they don't know what you're asking them to do and they'll do it like how they think and it doesn't come out right right and a lot of times that could be sort of our fault with with children i know this isn't the you know teaching behaviors to children but even adults literally we can misinterpret each other if you say to someone clean up the kitchen will you please clean up the kitchen well, that is probably going to mean something totally different to all of us. I know it even means something different just to me and my husband because, you know, to me it might, that might mean sweeping the floor and, and mopping it. To him it might be putting all the clean dishes away. I might not care. They're clean. They're in the little drainer thing. That doesn't bother me, right? But if you want them to know exactly, especially telling kids, you know, clean your room, what is that? that you know, that could, who knows, that could be throwing everything in the closet so that when you look in it looks like nothing's in there. Or it could be, I want all the clothes that are on the floor in the closet and your dresser dusted off. You know, it could be more, more um, specific. So there's a lot of miscommunication out there and it happens. And kind of just being willing to maybe see where you could have said it differently and or could have said more or said less, you know, um, can sometimes be good communication <laughs> afterward too. So underneath your peanut butter and jelly sandwich, I always liked this, before you speak, think. Is it true? Is it helpful? Is it inspiring? Is it necessary? Is it kind? And most times you're probably not gonna end up saying anything. <laughs> At least I, there would be a lot of times I wouldn't. But that's kind of slows you down and runs it through that little test. Proverbs 18:13. He who answers a matter before he hears it is a folly, is, it is folly and shame to him. And you never put your foot in your mouth? Yes, it happens.
In fact, I forgot. Brother Adam told me to open with what the session was called, and then Sister Teresa had asked me to let you know it is 24-hour prayer this weekend, and there are eight slots open. So if you'd like to sign up for an hour to pray, and if you don't know what 24-hour prayer is, that doesn't mean you come pray for 24 hours like I thought the first four years I was at church here. That's why I never signed up. It means you pick one hour that you will come here and pray, okay? And there could be more than you, yes. Can I communicate? Yes. She may have asked you to announce it coming up. It's not this weekend. It's on the 28th and 29th. So it's important to read your text all the way through. <laughs> I really didn't do that on purpose, but that worked. Okay. It's, when it's 24-hour prayer, please sign up. And, you know, check the information booth. So going on to some, let me look at my notes, your notes. I should just stick with what I gave you guys. Peanut butter. So Lord, this is where the kind of the open-ended question came from, that, you know, open-ended probing questions, if you don't know what someone's asking you to do, you know, ask for more questions, you know, it's just going to avoid problems in the long run. I personally, my dad passed away a year ago, October, and, you know, he was a great guy and everything, but I can remember as a child, it terrified me if I had to help him with something. Now, maybe some other people like, oh, I loved working with my dad on a car or something. That wasn't me because he mumbled. And um, he mumbled and I you know, wanted to help him, but I couldn't understand what he was saying. So I would try to do something and be like, no, you know, he would get angry. But by the time I got old enough to be like, I talk so I can understand you, <laughs> you probably didn't ever work out that way. Um, but trying to speak clearly is important. And even just like, did, did you understand what I said? Or maybe even say, tell me back what you said. You know, tell me back what I said. All right. The next little cool brain knowledge that I'm going to teach about is called mirroring. So... Just as a reflection, we know our body language is going to be more open. We're going to make sure our face <laughs> is doing something. We're going to speak clearly into the person. And we don't understand what they're saying. We're going to ask clarifying questions. But a really awesome thing, I don't know if it's on here, it isn't, but is, yeah, is called mirroring. There is a neuron in our brain that's responsible for recognizing faces and facial expressions. This neuron automatically triggers us to copy the expression that the other person has. We do it unconsciously. So when you mirror a person's body language, you're kind of giving them those nonverbal cues that you relate to them. And in fact, you can increase levels of connection, empathy, and trust with someone by mirroring them. It's pretty cool. So, Cassidy, stand up here for a second. So, Cassidy is going to tell me, so, you know, that you're not going to believe it. I just got a really good raise. Go ahead. Like with my face? Yes. Or am I going you to just tell, you got a good raise. Come tell me. Um, you're not going to believe it. I just got a really good raise. See how I kind of mirrored it? You know, okay, now she's going to come tell me, oh, this is horrible. I had three flat tires this week. This is horrible. I got three flat tires this week. See, so just it's real subtle. But you can practice it, and no one will know. Don't be super obvious. Don't, like, mirror them like, you know, a mime. <laughs> but, you know, like, literally try it. You'll be surprised. It, it says that it creates more trust. You know, and so, you know, kind of like, really, you know, looking into it more, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, so that just, I think that's a really cool way to communicate. Even if you don't know what to say back, you know, you don't know what to say back. It's probably more in, like, the sad situation. And instead of, like, just worrying, okay, I'm going to tell her this. Maybe she should pray about it. Has she prayed about it? Well, you know, it could have been worse. You could have gotten a car wreck. Oh, at least, you know, like, forget about all that. Just mirror what they're telling you, and then they know you're hearing them. And then maybe something good will come out of your mouth, but it doesn't need to, because if that mirroring is there, and that trust, okay, thank you. 
<laughs> she said, don't leave me standing up there. She goes, I always worry when pastor calls someone up. She's like, how do they know when to sit down? I love Cassie. It's always on my mind. I'm like, this poor person. And I should have been more explicit. Okay. So it says you can practice. So go ahead and talk to someone next to you for a minute, a little bit, and practice mirroring. Just about anything. going on in here good job yeah it's it's good job so I'm just okay so this brings up my next topic because now we're ready to face people with open body language and our facial expressions and clear words and the smile and being attentive and we're ready to open uh, to ask more open-ended questions and mirror their body uh, language. Here's the thing, and this is really hard for me. So when I was studying for this, I was like, "Oh, I see. That's a problem I have." And that is called when we are communicating, and I'm kind of specifically teaching about excellent communication in the church and in our community. It's important to remember small talk. Small talk. A lot of us are super serious. A lot of us are nerdy. A lot of us have a lot to say. I'm speaking about myself. And, you know, I honestly admit, I notice that, like, I love to talk to people, but there are times when I'm like, they're not going to talk to me because I'm going to talk too much. I'm going to talk about too much serious stuff. Unfortunately, my husband and I's life, the things that we... Um, are privileged and blessed to hear are kind of heavy and unfortunately when I especially get around a brother so now I'm justifying my behavior but it's still wrong it's still not small talk but I get around one of my brothers and sisters in Christ especially and they're talking to me and they're mirroring my emotions and they're attentive and they're open to me um I tend to start spilling because <laughs> she's my favorite spill person <laughs> so and then afterward I think oh, why didn't I just talk about something small and minor? So we can look for that too. And if we start doing it, I think it'll help some of our new converts or some of our, our newer people that tend to always have a crisis. You know what I mean? Um, and I, I, I've often thought in the church, I've been in church 11 years, that there's times where maybe some people think no one wants to hear from them or spend time with them unless there's a crisis. And, you know, so wouldn't that almost precipitate a crisis possibly? So, you know, if there is a certain person that is like that, the best thing kind of behavior-wise to do would be to go up to them and talk about something light and small and walk away, you know, or, or end the conversation or yourself. And so small talk is, it says, is the polite and sometimes meaningless conversation that you have. It's casual discussion that creates a friendly atmosphere and establishes common ground between you and the other person. That sounds like something to be desired in the church. Common ground, friendly atmosphere. Try it sometime. <laughs> and then have that one person that you can just really have that talk with. Um, my husband and I will put limits on that. When we're driving home, we will say, okay, go. And I'll blah, 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 blah. And then he'll blah, 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 blah. And then we sometimes we'll even pick like a tree because we carpool. We work for the same agency. We'll pick a tree and we say once we pass that tree, done. Done with work because otherwise it can really burn you out. And I would think that would go for, for any type of stressful stuff. Sometimes we just need to do small talk. Um, but sometimes we have conflict. So your next little thing on your guide is the next little skill card. And it's about conflict resolution and communication. 
do you know what pastor says about conflict? Has anyone done marriage counseling, uh, the pre-marriage counseling with them? Remember? I know you know. It's one of the, probably the, well, everything pastors said is brilliant, but you know, Gene. Conflict, is it? Breeds, breeds intimacy. intimacy. You cannot have intimacy with someone else without a little bit of conflict. So if everything's fake and cheery and rosy, there's probably no intimacy there. And that just means a closeness. But as soon as there's a conflict, and if it's resolved godly, in a godly way, there's an intimacy there that comes. So the skill card, well it says, the ability to resolve conflict healthily requires you respond in a calm, non-defensive, and respectful manner. When you're in control of your emotions, you can communicate your opinions and needs without threatening, wounding, or punishing others. Conflict resolution also means you can forgive and forget quickly and that you have the, the ability to compromise for the sake of the relationship. That's another phrase I've heard a lot of times. Is it better to win the argument or save the relationship? You know, at the end of the day, who cares, you know, about that. So preparing for a stressful conversation ahead of time. You don't always know ahead of time, but a lot of times we do. And if you don't know ahead of time, maybe you need to go home and prepare first. <laughs> Give it some space, right? In our world of instant response, through email, through text, through running our mouths, we are wounding more than ever because we don't have that time to just wait. The world will not end if we decide to answer tomorrow. And I am speaking to myself big time there. Um, and sometimes you just misinterpret. I can remember when my daughter was at one of, I think it was Kelly, was in high school and it was the band and they were having a send off they were going to like a state championship or something and it was like at noon and you could be at the school and see the bus off and the email came out and I read it wrong. I can't remember the exact words and what it was, but I read it like, what I interpreted it basically was like, how dare, how dare that you weren't there? How could you have not been there or something? And I responded back, you know, like I'm a single mom, I have to work, so you, pe you know, just you people, blah, blah, blah. And then she responded back, I'm so sorry, you misunderstood, this is what I said. And when I read the original email, yeah. Well, imagine if I really wished I could have waited. And that's before I knew about the grace of God, so I'm not sure how I got through that. <laughs> but anyway, so you can imagine yourself in that stressful situation. Think about how you will feel and why you would feel that way. Imagine that the other person is there too and think about how they might feel and why. That's huge. And then imagine yourself telling the other person what you wanna say. Imagine what they would say back. And it might get ugly, but I promise you, even if you're in your mind ahead of time, you kind of, even if you're picturing this screaming match where the police are called, you're reprocessing it in your brain and it's not gonna happen to that extent. And then, you know, kind of do that until you can think of an approach that would work out best for you and pick that approach. So definitely like a skill. Coloss Does someone want to read Colossians 3.8? Is that in your paper? I didn't put it on there, really. Okay, I get to read it then. That's what I get. But now you yourselves are to put off all of these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. You know, it's, it really, when these words come out of our mouth, when our emotions are on the top of their stress level, and it does so many things to the body, even blood pressure and all of that stuff. It leaves that lingering guilt and shame afterward. Like, why did I say that? And you know when you're angry, you're only nine years old anyway? You can't be older than nine. That's why when you're angry, you want people to agree with you because you're a nine-year-old kid and you want to be like, don't you guys think I'm right? Come on, let's go tell the teacher. You know, and so you're like a little kid that wants a gang. That's what, a lot of gang members that have anger problems. They're a bunch of little nine-year-olds. That's what they are. With weapons. With weapons, which is scary. So, all right, authenticity and empathy. What's your paper say? Empathy. 
I was going to start with empathy, and then I thought, no, we'll go over the boring skills, and then I'll end with a little discussion about empathy. Empathy is seriously lacking in our society nowadays. It's almost, it is scary. It is the flat affect that is numb to feeling, that has been wounded or traumatized, that is in survival mode, that has no room in their emotions to care about anyone but themselves. And that is where we are. We are in survival mode. Now, some people tip over to that sympathy. We talk about Gene where, oh, feel sorry for him, make myself feel better by doing something for him. That's not empathy. That's helping you still. And maybe that's the only way they feel, you know, when you're numb. But empathy is truly about emotional intelligence and that ability to understand, interpret, and respond to the emotions of other people. Your emotions are never wrong. I don't, you, what your feelings and emotions are the same thing. It's the same word, just different way to say it. They're, they cannot be wrong. How can they be wrong? Your thoughts could be wrong, you know, and, and the Bible tells us all the time, judge your thoughts compared to God's thoughts. And it was what I'm thinking real. Is it true? Is it, is it reliable? A lot of times our thoughts are messed up. But when we're feeling a certain way, has anyone ever told you, don't feel that way? You can't tell someone how to feel. <laughs> that, and I mean, my husband, I, you, know, you can imagine because we know some of these skills, we drive each other nuts, but he'll say, don't tell me how to feel. Tell me how to feel. And, and, and my kids, you, you can imagine being my children, how lucky they were. You know? But they would, mom, you just make me so mad. And I would say, no one can make you feel anything. You are choosing anger. You are choosing depression. You are choosing whatever it is. I'm sorry. You know, and they would just, ah, no, you made me mad by saying that stuff. No, I'm sorry. I could say, I said, is anyone mad right now? I said, it's you guys need to get mad. Can't be a fact that when I say that, you get mad. <laughs> right? Or everyone would get mad. So, but empathy, I probably didn't sound very empathetic to him, but actually I was because a, a child or an adult with uncontrolled emotions is dangerous. Yeah. It's very dangerous. Um, emotion regulation is probably the number one indicator of success. And you're a teacher, you're not in your head, you know what I mean. Children that cannot regulate, or adults that cannot regulate their emotions, it literally will affect their success in life. And I'm saying, I'm not saying if there's a disability of some sort, you know, or it's cognitive, you know, whatever. They are saying our basic emotion regulation is, is huge. Um, you know that person that's unregulated in their emotions. You don't probably want to communicate with them. Unless if you're really mad and you want them to get mad with you, so you have a teammate or something. Um, but it's essential for effective communication, which should be give and take between two people. And Romans 12:15 says, rejoice with them that do rejoice and weep with them that weep. We don't always have to give people the answer. We don't always have to talk them out of what they're feeling. They're going to fake it anyway. I mean, they're going to, they're, they're going to feel bad that you are worried about them for feeling bad. Who doesn't do that? You know, I can, in my house, you, we weren't allowed to be too sick or too angry or too sad or too anything because it was too much. You know, regulate it down. And that wasn't a healthy regulation, by the way. <laughs> but, you know, if someone is very, very sad, let them be sad. If they're mad, let them be mad. I mean, obviously, you're not going to let them, you know, do something harmful or whatever. But just by them, uh, them being allowed to express what they feel is going to help really just reprocess it. And almost anything can break that. Uh, when those emotions are flowing, let me tell you how hard it is that when I'm ministering to someone or have a client or something and they really start feeling, because like I said, so many people are numb, and they start crying and their nose starts running. And we're, I'm here and they're there, like I told you, and the box of tissues is there, and they don't notice them. Everything in me wants to do what? 
please blow your nose. I don't do it. I don't do it. Because they're not grabbing it themselves, and it a lot of times shuts it off. Because they think all of a sudden, oh, she's worried about me. Oh, I must look a mess. Oh, I'm, oh, what did I do? I don't stop it. Even when they grab one themselves and they're using one tissue for like 40 minutes, and I'm like, there's a whole box there. But honestly, 40 minutes, it's not going to happen. I don't know. Maybe you've cried for 40 minutes. I kind of doubt it. Usually once we get real and start communicating with our mouth what we're feeling and we're uninterrupted and we're not worrying about offending or scaring someone or whatnot, it really passes quite quickly. No feeling lasts forever. As you know, pastor teaches that. It just doesn't. Um, so kind of going to that with God in prayer, and I know that was last week's study. But, and we actually talked about it in the Bible study to, two times this week. <laughs> it's just a theme. Is that God wants the lament. He does not want the sugar coat. He is the only one that can take, take it all, to hear it all. He can't be offended. You know, he wants the real deal. He wants the emotions. He's the one that's ultimately going to help you regulate them through the Holy Ghost. And the fact of the matter is that um, if we don't do that, and a lot of us don't, you know, we're not perfect, it will seep out on everyone else. We will lament and complain and gripe and talk behind backs to everyone because it has to come out, right? I mean, it's unbearable. We're not good at holding stuff in forever. Um, there's imploders and exploders, you know. Some people just hold it in and implode and usually comes out in a biological illness and other people explode all over the place because it's not being validated um, and things like that. So empathy takes practice. It really does. Um, oh, I, I went all over backwards. I'm so sorry, guys. But um, Jean wanted me to make sure that I mentioned to you um, a little bit of study that, about communication, and I kind of mentioned it, that we're in a world where it's not always safe to communicate like we used to. You know, talking to someone in the store, you know, or talking to someone at the restaurant. And then, you know, there's just so much hurt and dysfunction everywhere. So we're in a society that we now order our food and pick it up. Has anyone been to the mall lately? Have you seen the ghost town that is the food court? I'm not, I'm, I've been an online shopper for years, so I have to, I'm just, I, I don't like to go to stores. I never have. But what did we go? We went to the mall for some, it's a ghost town because it's not safe. So there's no communication going there. You know, we, we do text and talk. There's one place in our community where you must look at someone in the face and talk with your mouth. Can you tell me where that is? It's one place left. Church. 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 Even at work. I, oh, at work? I diagnose people all day long that I never even see face to face. Another clinician that's been trained asks them a bunch of questions. They enter them in the computer in my office that I'm now facing the floor. I read all the information and I give them a diagnosis. I don't even meet them. But in the church, we got to look at each other. We got to walk in. It's probably why we're a little awkward and com uncomfortable with it. It is the only place we're doing it for the most part, if you think about it. And, uh, you know, it's relatively safe. So it's a good place to practice. And I think as I, I ever believe that as sin abounds, grace much more abounds. So as the world gets more closed down out there, yeah, and I know we have live stream and stuff like that, but that, you know, that doesn't take the place of it. We still, you know, have to use it sometimes and stuff. But to come into the church, to be a greeter, to work a candy cart, to be a Sunday school teacher, to put people on a bus, to do all that stuff, there's a lot of communication going on. That, so could God be cutting off all communication except for what's coming out of his church? I don't know. Be pretty smart <laughs> for it to be that way, right? Um, so we live in a socio-electronic isolated world, except for in the church. And, you know, that technological communication is quick, frequent, secret, and impulsive. But a lot of times, you know, 
having to talk to someone face to face can take care of that. I have been really trying uh, to call more than text. Do you have any texters in here? Did, is there anyone in here that likes to talk on the phone that actually will call someone? Oh my gosh, see, I just oh, I cannot stand it. I, just, I know it's horrible. It's horrible. It's too people-y. You know, I was I went to I went to Dollar General today in Southtown because I could not find a spot at Walmart within a hundred miles, and I really do not like Walmart at all. I do not. My husband loves it. I, I cannot stand it. And so I was like, I'm going to Dollar General. Then there was one car there. The store was so empty. It was incredible. I think that's my favorite store now. That's where I'm going to go. I don't care if I spend two more dollars. I really don't. It's worth it. Okay. So here's a few scriptures to wrap us up. And those, I think, are on your thing. Yes, they are. Proverbs 29.20. Do you see a man who is hasty in his words? There is more hope for a fool than for him. And Proverbs 17.27. Whoever restrains his words has knowledge, and he who has a cool spirit is a man of understanding. Another interpretation of that would be... Um, what is it? Let them think. Let's see. You might be smart, but keep your mouth shut. Or if they think you're dumb, keep your mouth shut because you might open your mouth and confirm it or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> that you're not. Keep your mouth shut, let them think you're stupid, and then open your mouth and let them see your own. Yes, I like that. And I that has happened to me. Recently had a client that was super, super quiet, and I really just thought he was super intelligent. And then finally one day he opened up and grew up, and I'm like, nope, he's just quiet. <laughs> so... <laughs> A little side note. So, and then Matthew 12, 36, I tell you, on the day of judgment, people will give a, an account for every careless word they speak. That keeps you up at night. Yeah. That keeps you up at night. Thankful for the grace and mercy of God. Um, so, you know, I hope you kind of are encouraged and even um, challenged to pay more attention to your communication from here and forever. <laughs> but um, even if it's just the body language, one part, or even if it's trying to mirror those emotions, or even if it's just listening to the person speak and then asking more, more of that, more of that. Um, let them tell you about you. You know our pastor is the perfect model of this. He is the perfect model of this. When he talks to you know when he talks to us, you know when he talks to you, right? Is it ever about him? It's never about him. You ever, can you believe that? No, you know, even if you try to say, what about you? The next thing you know, you're talking about yourself. <laughs> because he knows how to do that. He knows how to make us feel heard and, you know, validated and all that. So, you know, even practice that. And that's excellent communication in my opinion. So... We are done. With that being said, does anyone want the rest of this bread, peanut butter or jelly? <laughs> Any questions or comments? Thanks really again nice. for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.